Welcome while well, you are at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family, and we are so delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. We would love to hear from you, so send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at EWTN.com. And today, our guests are Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne Salonine. They have written a stellar book about looking to Monica and her example when faced with children and loved ones who have left the practice of the faith. And the name of this great book is called What Would Monica Do? And this beautiful book is available at EWTNRC.com. And yes, as mothers and fathers, you know, we do everything right, we think. We cross all the T's and we dot all the I's. And then we believe we're going to get this kind of result. And that doesn't always necessarily happen. But this beautiful book is a guide um, to bring you comfort as you're experiencing great heartache. Let's speak about a couple of our children who are having yes. birthdays today. Our twins, Anna and Rebecca. Uh, Anna Robinson now and Rebecca Wright. And so we give thanks uh, 43 years ago, were they 43? 43 years ago, 43 we birthed seven? them here in Birmingham at St. Vincent's Hospital. You birthed them, And Actually, that I was, was lots of fun. Um, carrying twins in August in Alabama. In <laughs> August in Alabama is not one of my favorite months. It's very, very hot That's here. It's about 15 pounds of baby. It was a lot of babies and uh, they were all worth it, as beautiful as they are. And the both of them have given us 12 grandchildren. Yes. One has eight and the other one has four. And so uh, the twins are outstanding mothers. They are great wives. And they are working out their faith with fear and trembling, Amen. as mothers do. Yeah. And as these beautiful ladies, Patty and Roxanne, are going to share with us as we talk about yeah. their beautiful book, um, Free Will is Always a Scary Amen. Thing. <laughs> well, we want to mention the Eucharistic Congress that's coming up 2024. Visit EWTN.com slash Eucharist. For more information, registering through our link will give you a discount, so check it out. So what would Monica do? What do we do when our children, when our grandchildren are moving away from the faith, the pain of that, the suffering of that? So we're going to have a great conversation today. It's going to be a conversation that will give you hope, faith, and community in the midst of what you're facing. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Please don't go away. Welcome back. Well, our guests today are Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne Salonine have written a beautiful book about St. Monica and her example when she faced with children and loved ones who left the practice of the faith. Well, welcome you beautiful ladies, wow, Patty and Roxanne. We're excited to have you. First, we want you to tell our family a little bit about yourselves. Um, and then we'll plunge into this beautiful book. You're so, busy ladies. Yes, Patty, you go first. Well, I have 10 kids, 17 grandkids. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, met my husband in the Peace Corps, kind of didn't really understand what the faith was about, came back, uh, worked in social work for many years, and I've written a 
dozen or more books, children's books, Dear God series, um, Amazing Grace series that's like the chicken soup and uh, Holy Hacks. And now, what would Monica do? Mm -hmm. So um, it's really been, I used, to, I used to write in the secular world and moved over to the Catholic world and what a blessing that has been. I, I can't go anywhere else now. And you also write for the Register, right? I do, the National mm -hmm. Catholic Register and I have a TV talk show, mm -hmm. Ladies of Another View. You can watch it anywhere on Beck TV, B-E-K TV. And it's a secular show. So I was offered this job and I thought, wait a minute, I went from the secular world to the Catholic world, mm -hmm. what's going on here? And I realized what an opportunity it is. I have had an exorcist on, a bishop, a yeah. couple of priests, and even though it's a secular show, I bring a lot of topics. And so some people are like, hmm, well, maybe Catholics aren't going to hell after all. They seem like nice folks and they seem to love the Lord. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you for your service. Roxanne. Yeah, I'm from Fargo, North Dakota. So on the other side of North Dakota from Patty. Um, my mom lives in Bismarck where Patty's from. So we connected at some point being both Catholic writers and mothers. I have five kids um, ages 18 to 27, uh, three boys and two girls. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a writer, Catholic writer, kind of a veteran writer for the, I, I write for my daily newspaper in Fargo about faith, which is really exciting. Again, in the secular world. Yeah. I also write a pro-life column for my diocese. I was a co author for um, Ramona Trevino's book through Ignatius yeah, Press. we had her on our show. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, that was fun. Um, and then also I've written a couple of children's books as well and uh, I'm happy to be a co-author of What Would Monica Do? Yeah. Which came from Patty's and my friendship and a shared suffering that we had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you, so you have these 15 children combined between the both of you and so as a mother, as I think every mother, we all go through disappointments, we go through grief, we go through frustration, we have all those feelings. We have great joys, we have great moments in mothering, but sometimes um, our children have a way of taking us down a road that maybe we didn't envision when we birthed them and brought them home from the hospital and poured our life into them. And then they think, how could they reject me or reject my God or, how did this happen? So tell us, tell our family uh, that how you both came to write this book, what would Monica do? Well, Roxanne thought it was a great idea and I said, oh no, I'm gonna wait until all my kids are back because some have never left. Some are away from the faith and I thought, I'm gonna wait. And now I realize that would have been a horrible book because it'd be me telling everybody, this is what we did, this is how it works. And there's no, there is no roadmap. You can do your best. And I, I thought I plugged in all the holes. I didn't think anybody would leave the faith because they loved the faith, even after they left home. Um, you know, they were practicing the faith, but little by little by little, some of them wandered away. The cultural winds are blowing strong, as we know. It's not the same world we grew up in. And so they wander off, and then you start to put everything in perspective. Um, you become more humble because you thought you had everything figured out, or maybe you didn't. Maybe from the start you felt like, oh, you know, I don't have a husband on board with me, I'm a single mom, or whatever your situation is, you either were overconfident or underconfident because in the end, it's about surrender. Mm -hmm. We don't control things. Um, and we talk, you talked about free will earlier. Yeah. Darn, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> what'd you go and do that for God? Don't you, you know, but right. we realized God wants us to really love them. So um, we start to realize that it's not just what we can do, but what God can do. 
So we now, now we're at the point where we should have been earlier, where we are really surrendering our kids to him, still doing our best, but we can, there's a lot we can do in mm -hmm. prayer and fasting and devotions. So we go through that in the book. It isn't just about St. Monica. It's the Bible. It's ongoing stories of other people. It's lives of the saints. We have a, a chapter on spiritual warfare and exorcist and really about going deeper in our own faith and as a result getting the consolation that St. Monica got in her life. So well, I think, yeah. I think where we get disillusioned or idealistic as parents as, is that we think there's a formula to this. And if we just follow this formula, this is all gonna work out and everybody is gonna obey, you know? But that's just not so. God, as great and wonderful as God is, he could not get Adam and Eve to obey. But yet we, for some reason, seem to think that our children will obey because it's us, look at us, God. And he's like, they are so confused. Um, and so when we, when they break the formula or we think we did this and this and these were the results I was supposed to get, then what happens to us? Where do we go? Where do we go with that disappointment and that grief and that heartache and that sorrow? Um, where, do, where do we go? What do, what do moms do? What do dads do? Because, you know, this is what would Monica do, right? And we want to follow her lead and look I mean, what St. Augustine did to her. Let's start with Monica. I mean, I, you described the book to some degree that it's not just about Monica. It's about you. It's about you. It's about other testimonies that are there and so on. And it's about the children we love, the grandchildren we love, pouring ourselves into them. We don't intentionally, as you always say, Joy, you know, when we have a child, say, we're really going to mess up your life, you know, because kids feel like that, you know, but no. You know, even those of us that may have left something out or we didn't do it perfectly, that's not our heart. We want to mess up your life. I mean, we want what's best for your life. We'll give anything. We, we would die for you. Tell us about Monica and who she is and how do you know who she is? Where do you get the information on Monica? You're not making it up, right? <laughs> we read biographies and, and we knew a little bit about her, but we found out so much more. Um, she is someone we check in with in, throughout the book because she mm -hmm. became someone that we really began to rely heavily upon because we knew of her success in praying for her son to uh, come back to the faith. He was living a heretical life um, at a time where they were the world was kind of leaving paganism and going into Christianity, but there was a shift there. Now I feel like we're mirrored that. Mm. We're, we're leaving Christianity. It's a post-Christian world. We're going to into a more pagan world. Um, so, But we found out that she basically is a mother who loved her children. And she had a couple other children as well as Augustine. But of course, he's the one that we know most about because of his famous conversion. And it was a radical and striking conversion that has affected all of Christendom. Uh, and, and it is such an inspiring story. But she didn't start out uh, doing things perfectly. She was a hovering mother who cried many tears of anguish like we have at times when, when it hits us in the heart and we just want more than anything for our children to be receiving that grace that the church can give them and, and to be you know, working out their problems with, with that knowledge that God is there with them, especially through the Catholic Church. So, um, but she did not give up hope. She got some help along the way, uh, some advisors that came into to, uh, her son's life and helped out a little bit. And there was a, there was a process of letting go, but, but ultimately she was a mom who, who loved her family and, and it was a struggle. Her own husband was, was a pagan and um, it, took, it took her love to, to bring him back as well and, his, and her mother-in-law. But are you saying that she was established in the faith 
her son was as well to some degree, but rebelled against that. He was baptized. Right. Well, th was it was a little bit different. He did end up baptized, but they didn't oh, baptize his infants. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. I got so, you. Mm -hmm. And he, mm -hmm. yes, and he did that later in life. And so well, she they waited until they thought, you know, a little more reasonable because you might, you might stain your soul. Let's right. wait until you really are firmly in the faith. So he wasn't baptized, and he went into kind of a new age type of mixture of religion. Right. He came home with a girlfriend at 17 and out of wedlock, mm -hmm. out of wedlock son. So, you know, that's not unlike what we are seeing now in this, right. in today's age, so we can really relate with St. Monica. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think where we lose it is when we are worried about what others think. And God's worried about how are you going to respond? Because, you know, I've learned along this journey and I'm still learning that love wins. Doesn't mean it's always easy. But love wins. Yes, we could have all the answers. Why didn't you come to me? I have the answers. Well, I don't want you. I, I have to figure this out by myself. And, and sometimes the detour that our children take, our young sons and daughters take, um, they, it involves us. And we're always wondering you know, what the neighbors think. And like you said, uh, we have to get humbled. And there's so much pride that God has to dash down and to say, this is not what we, and as Monica did too, right? So she's your role model in that way. What other treasures has Monica taught you? Well, a big one that we love is that we pray for those St. Ambroses in our lives because St. Monica was just pursuing her son, trying to you know bring him back to the Catholic faith. And she went to St. Ambrose, who was a bishop, and he said, you need to talk less to your son about God and more, more to God about your son. Mm. And that's really, this, is, this book is really about surrender, going deeper in our faith, um, forgiving where we need to, avoiding anger, because you know, when they leave the faith, you're hurt, you're upset, you're concerned for them. And a lot of times those, those discussions turn into arguments. And so it's, it's a time to step back when the discussions are over, they haven't listened to you, you tried, you think if you say the right thing, they're somehow gonna <laughs> see the light of day and then they don't. So that's one thing that we really, really treasure is that thought of praying for those St. Ambroses in mm. our children's lives, that we may not be the ones that set them straight. Yeah, yeah. I've often said, you know, your children need somebody who's just like you, but not you at points, you know, in time. I think grandparents can play that role as well. You know, like the grandparents saying the same thing that the parent is saying, but somehow they're hearing it through the grandparents. You know, I don't know what that's all about, but we should take advantage of that. And we have we a can. chapter on grandparents yeah. mm -hmm. to say that very thing, that so many people's conversions that weren't even raised in a Catholic, they, they weren't raised with any faith or not the Catholic faith, and they converted. And a lot of them will say, well, I had this Catholic grandmother that was praying for me. And mm -hmm. it could be a Catholic grandfather too. Right. And that's, that's in this whole underlying thing is the humility and, and the power of prayer, intercessory prayer and fasting, um, because the grief is great. Um, and so you've had other contributors of people who shared their stories. Um, so, and tell us about the, the group that you cultivate as you hear their stories, your hearts break, right? As you're hearing their stories. Well, even before our book came out, we wanted to start connecting with the potential readers and we've been praying for them as we were writing the book because this isn't a book that we wrote with all this expertise and we're telling people how to do it. This is a book where we're in the veil with our readers still to this day. We need our book as much as everyone else. And so we um, 
started praying for them and, and then through that, we wondered about starting a, a private Facebook page where we could kind of kind of start bringing people together and consoling one another because we knew that was one of the things we needed most was each other to, to realize we're not going through this alone. We received so much consolation from our own friendship and from St. Monica, and it was very quiet in, initially. And, and it's a big thing to bring this kind of heartache out into the open, but we also knew that by connecting with other parents and grandparents and loved ones of people that have gone through the same thing, that hopefully we would bring them the same consolation. So we have a Facebook group called Catholic Parents, What Would Monica Do? And we have around 2,000 people now on that. Wow. It hasn't been going on that long. Um, and it's, 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 it's kind of taken on a, a life of its own now. People share prayer requests, um, also lots of prayer ideas, novenas, um, things from saints, you know, you know whatever, and, and also our heartache. Um, you have to be someone that's gone through this to be in our group. We have a little bit of a filter um, screening process, but um, it has really uh, been a beautiful, almost like a little side ministry to our book. Well, and I appreciate the filter part of it because um, it, you need to have a safe place. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you tell other people, other women, like you said, sometimes you get judged by them. You don't feel safe that you can share this to them. They're going to judge my parenting skills. They're going to judge my how I loved, what I didn't do, all the things I did wrong. And as parents, whenever our children do anything, it's wrong. It's like, oh, what did I do wrong, right? And so it's to blame us first. Two things. Your Facebook group, how would people find that? Do they, what? What, they can what does just it go under? Go on Facebook and probably type in Catholic Parents in okay. the search bar and yeah. what would Monica do? Okay. And mm -hmm. is it just for women? It's for any parents, grandparents, or even loved ones. There might yeah. be a sister or a brother or an uncle, you know, it's just almost everyone is affected in some way. And this, this is really a beautiful thing that you're doing, even though you're doing some filtering, that it's not simply a book with information, but it's follow-up about hope, about community, about bringing the hurt together up before the Lord and supporting one another. So I hope everybody's hearing that in our viewing audience. Tell us how the book is laid out. Uh, you mentioned three particular sections. Why three sections? You laid them out in a particular way. What are they? What is it about? We were kind of brainstorming with Matt Pinto, who was with us in the early stages of this. And, and so we kind of have three different sections. One is wooing. We want to connect with the readers through the heart and let them know we're with you. We're not telling you, we're right here with you and here's here's our story. And then the next part is accompanying. What what happened, you know, we need to make sense of this together and there's some grieving that's going on and maybe some reflection and maybe we need to forgive ourselves and maybe our children need to forgive us for some of the things we did, but to not stay in that place for too long and then move on. And then after that, we have our one of our favorite sections, which is the landing. And that's where we get to bring in a lot of hope. And there's even some stories of conversion and just a lot of different framing of the mind, how you can look at things differently from an eternal perspective mm -hmm. and that it's not all bad. That's one of our chapters. It's called It's Not All Bad. For example, I didn't mention my husband earlier and I need to do that. He's a convert, but he was kind of a reluctant convert, slower to, mm -hmm. to kind of catch on to everything. I will tell you that I think our children leaving the faith made him uh, just cling to the faith. He, he has gotten so faithful and just so, so much more fervent in recent years. And I think our children leaving the faith has really called him into his fatherhood mm -hmm. and, a, in a, and being a husband mm -hmm. and strong. It's beautiful to see. Yeah. It's sad that that's what it took, yeah. but um, he, it's just Not amazing. Not the end of the story. Absolutely. Satan Absolutely. must really hate mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. We only have about 30 seconds left. Patty, just address the EW10 family that's watching today and give them a sense of, of hope. 
And you know, it really is about surrender. And maybe we've judged other people. Maybe we're worried. And it's like, this is all, this, you know, you got to put that aside. And it's about God. It's about humility. And it's about, we. there's a lot we can do. We can pray. We can fast. We can call on all the saints. And we can give our children every day over to God. And the pain that we might feel, give that to them as a gift too. We can offer up our suffering. And then in the meantime, realize that we can't control everything. We never could. And so stop beating yourselves up and just go deeper in your own faith. Patty Roxanne, thank you so much for beginning this conversation. Thank God we have tomorrow to yes. unpack this more fully, to minister to more people, to give them a sense of hope and that they're not in isolation. There's a community of people working together in this area. Uh, we're gonna take a break at this time. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Please don't go away. Welcome back. Well, Father John Paul is with us today, and we are so delighted to have you here, Father. Well, Father, what did you think about what those beautiful ladies, Roxanne and Patty, were sharing? Oh, it reminded me of my own Monica's, mm -hmm. uh, my own mother and my own grandmother, uh, because just you know, we're talking about hope at the end. Well, I guess you can say that I'm part of the hope story. Um, my mom prayed for me, my grandmother certainly prayed for me. I know that uh, my grandmother uh, played an instrumental role uh, and also my grandfather too, for sure, both of them. Uh, 27 grandchildren, I'm number three, and my grandmother would mention each one of us by name in the rosary. And many of us, there's in that 27, many of us are not practicing the faith. Mm -hmm. So she would always pray for us and to come back and just mm -hmm. never to lose hope. I always tell parents and grandparents, um, that's one of the things that I think when people come to the shrine here at uh, Hansville or EWTN, when we talk to people, uh, that's a great pain that they experience mm -hmm. when their children leave the faith. Yeah. You know, my mom, uh, I think when I was doing my own thing, not practicing my faith, uh, I think my mom, um, had a lot of heartache, mm -hmm. um, and uh, she says one night she just um, she said to the Lord, "Lord, I get I can't deal with him anymore. You deal with him. He's yours." Mm -hmm. She felt a great peace. She mm -hmm. said, "I had a great peace come over me." Mm -hmm. It's not like I didn't worry about you. She said, "But right. you know, I gave it. I gave you to him. You know." Right, and so. in reality, you belong to him anyway. Yeah. But what happens sometimes is, yeah. as mothers and fathers. We, we don't trust God the way we need to trust God. We don't believe that God has a perfect plan for their life. Well, I like what you said in the show, you know, um, Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed. Mm -hmm. you know, what makes you think you're going to be any better yeah. than our first parents? Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Father, why don't you close us in a prayer and please remember in a special way those who are hurting so badly over their children and grandchildren that are wandering away from the faith. Sure. For our family at home, we pray in a special way for your children to recognize their own worth, their own dignity, and the faith that they have abandoned, that they may have a great desire to receive the sacraments. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Amen. Yes. So the book again is What Would Monica Do? You're going to want to get that. It's a story of consolation, hope, inspiration in the spirit of St. Monica for those bearing the cross, bearing the cross of a loved one who is away from the faith. God bless you. God bless all of your loved ones. You are an important part of this EWTN family. You're never alone. You're always at home with Jim and with joy. Jesus Christ will prevail. Bye now.